Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. From the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushi. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Sushire. Got to try to break something down here. Frequent contributor Downing writes, uh, thanks to intellectual takeout, I believe was is from the center of the American experiment. Mm-hmm. I was recently alerted to something that economist Milton Friedman wrote 50 years ago for Newsweek magazine. That would have been 1968. Friedman explained why relying on government to solve our problems results in violence and division. Uh, Downing is offering this uh, in response to the other day we noted that it didn't take long for people to blame Trump for Hurricane Florence. It's his fault. Right. Uh, uh, if he said, please read this. Uh, it's brief. Uh, okay, I'm going to. And let, let's try to figure this out. <clears throat> this is written by John Phelan uh, for the Center of the American uh, Center of the American Experiment. And uh, it's John's a, been featured on the uh, the ads that the uh, center ran throughout the run of Garage Logic. And here's what Milton Friedman, noted economist, wrote for Newsweek on June 24, 1968. There is no simple, widely ex, uh, accepted explanation for the increasing violence that is disfiguring our society. That much is clear from the public soul-searching renewed by the tragic assassination of Robert Kennedy. This soul-searching has touched on many plausible contributing factors, from the malaise over Vietnam and racial unrest to the boredom produced by affluence. But it has neglected one factor that underlies many specific items— that factor is the growing tendency in this country and throughout the world to use political rather than market mechanisms to resolve social and individual problems. I should have noted that uh, uh, from this, what Downing wishes me to understand is that it's, it's understandable why people would blame a president for a hurricane. The tendency to turn to government for solutions promotes violence in three ways. One, it exacerbates discontent. Two, it directs discontent at persons, not circumstances. And three, it concentrates great power in the hands of identifiable individuals. Number one, the political mechanism enforces conformity. If 51% vote for more highways, all 100% will have to pay for them. If 51% vote against highways, all 100% must go without them. Contrast that with the market mechanism. If 25% want to buy cars, they can, each at his own expense. The other 75% neither get nor pay for them. Where products are separable, the market system enables each person to get what he votes for. There can be unanimity without conformity. 
No one has to submit. For some items, conformity is unavoidable. There is no way they, uh, that the size of the U.S. Armed Forces I want while you have the size you want. We can discuss and argue and vote, but having decided we must conform. For such items, use of a political mechanism is unavoidable. I'm already starting to realize I might not be able to understand this. We're or st- or we're pronounce. Still, we're still trying to say union. Y- unanimity. Yeah. There yeah. it is. Unanimity. <laughs> That's like uh resolution. Yeah. <clears throat> like a U-turn. You name the nimity. Mm-hmm. Name it. What? It's a lot. Means it's it's all in one. You know. It's like that card game you play with your kids. You know. When you're red, Unanimity. yellow, uno. Green. Uh-huh. Uno nimity. I, I have no shot now to get through no, this. No, it's not at all. Uno. Well, if you would have pronounced game. that word right, we'd yes. still be with you. But ergonomically, <laughs> I am unified. We, we fell off the hay rack <laughs> yes. when you mispronounced yes. that Mr. word. Mr. President, what's your favorite color playing the game Uno? I uh, like red because it's... Bright, you know, uh, but every extension and particularly every rapid extension of the area over which explicit agreements is sought through political channels strains further the fragile threads that hold a free society. What I used to drink on a Sunday morning before I I quit drinking now, but we'd have unanimosas. You put a little orange juice with some champagne and unanimosas. Why do I bother? Why why do I bother? He doesn't stop. Unicycle has one wheel. Uh Yes. Hard to get on. If it's brow. Easy to fall off. If it goes so far as to touch an issue on which men feel deeply yet differently, it may well disrupt a society as our present attempt present attempt to solve the racial issue. Did you but, say president? Because I'm no. still here. Is there, <laughs> is there anything in that article about turning it around? Because he spotted this back in, what, 68? Yep. Is when you said this came yep. out? Well, it's so far gone now that we can't get back to We uh, Not even Brother Bush could turn this around. <laughs> Brother Bush, can you make a U-turn? I'm, I'm at a we try, went by the I, liquor store. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get to the. I'm that trying man, to get to who's the. Who's that man in the paneled station wagon heading over to Wisconsin <laughs> with signs flying off his side of his car? He has decided to go there unanimously, all alone. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get to the paragraph that might answer Kenny's question. Did uh, Friedman uh, note anything? That, yes. That, how do we turn it around? How do we? A yeah. free and orderly society is a complex structure. We understand, but dimly, its many sources of strength and weakness. The growing resort to political solutions is not only and may not be the main source of the resort to violence that threatens the foundation of freedom, but it is one that we can do something about. We must husband the great reservoir of tolerance in our people, their willingness to abide by majority rule, not wasting it, not waste it trying to do by legal compulsion what we can do as well or better by voluntary means. Let me see if I can figure out what this means. Because Downing wants me to understand this relates to blaming Trump for the hurricane. Hyde, are you any help here? No, not really. This is way out of my pay (laughs) grade. Uh, The nugget that uh, attracted Downing's attention in this piece, because I didn't read the whole piece, is as follows. If a law or action by a public official is all that is needed to solve a problem— then the people who refuse to vote for the law, who fail to act, are responsible for the problem. I get it. I'm getting it now. The aggrieved persons will naturally attribute to malevolence the failure of others to vote for the law or of civil servants to act. In other words, blaming Trump for the hurricane is natural to those who believe that man is responsible for what they consider climate change. 
That's what Downing wanted me to understand. And then that was something Friedman was on to uh, 50 years ago. Uh, he stumbled upon that unintentionally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. If you don't vote for the policy they want, then you are actually the cause of the you, problem, uh, yeah. not nature. Okay, there you go. There it is. Got it. Not a ch not chance, it's you. Because if only you would do what they want, the problem would go away. There it is. What there they, it is. What do they do when the problem doesn't go away? It only exacerbates. They keep, oh, well, he addresses that, oh, but no. I was so put off, put off my feed by the W here. I got the door locked, Introducing w. himself to this. Exacerbating all day long. Yeah. <laughs> it's very kind of 16 have to, buddy. <laughs> you have to be very careful. I've got time to waste. You have to be very careful on the six-day uh, weekend. That's just what you work one day a week. In other words, if you rely on the government, it's very easy for you to blame those with whom you disagree. Yep. So here comes, uh, you know, Trump didn't sign the Paris Accord. He thinks it's a bunch of hooey. Uh, and now you have these uh, people on the, in the news gathering industry who are thoroughly invested in the idea that uh, we must believe in man-made uh, climate change because that'll help bring about the mystery. And uh, uh, Trump is not among those people who believe that. Therefore, we're going to blame Trump for the uh, for the hurricane. And then there was a woman writing for CNN who blamed capitalism, corporations. Uh, these are people who don't want capitalism, don't want corporations. They want Trump to believe in it. And, and if he doesn't, therefore, he's at fault. Even though hurricanes have been around since the last great ice age. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Not to mention Hazel in 1954, which devastated the same part of the country. I had a cousin, Hazel. <laughs> which they would come back and say, yeah, but it was the industrialism of the United States and all the heavy pollution mm -hmm. we were putting it in. The atmosphere was already compromised back then. But, you, Joe, you could go back another 300 years and mm -hmm. find hurricanes that had nothing to do well, with man-made and and uh, the same things were said about Hazel that were said about Florence. It went off like a bomb. I found a quote from a 1954 newspaper. said the same thing. But we've cited the big difference. The storms aren't worse. They're just putting more people in harm's way because there's more people living now where hurricanes have done their damage. The famous example here is uh, in 1958, there was a pretty strong tornado that went through what is now Hugo mm -hmm. and Delwood and out White Bearway. And it just was a tornado. Uh, but a couple of years ago, a child lost his life in a tornado that went through Hugo. Well, it struck some new homes that weren't there in 1958. Right. People are now moving to where hurricanes used to be uninterrupted except for squirrels and trees. Now there's, now there's people in the way. It's the same with hurricanes, uh, particularly among all the people who want to live on the coast. The same could be said to a degree about wildfires. Oh, absolutely. Not many people lived in Northern California 200 years ago. Right. Now a ton of That fire is completely out of the news. I take it it's over. I guess so. Yeah. I hope. I hope so. Hazel was a good baker. She could, uh, <laughs> she'd make those cinnamon crisps. You know, when you're going to make pie and, yeah. you, and you cut up the dough yeah. for the kids and you put cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. Damn, those were good. Were they? Yeah. <laughs> Spit an image of my great grandmother. What was her name? Helga. <laughs> She was a bigger gal. Was she a big gal? Yeah, she needed a big apron. Uh -huh. Apron. Apron. Oh, God. That's how you spell it. Remember to spell it. Apron. <laughs> apron. A-P-R-O-N. Yes, you can spell it, but you can't say it. 
unanimity. <laughs> Unim, you exacerbating. Unanim, you, una, you, <laughs> just tell Kenny to stop exacerbating. Unanim, by unanimity. Me. unanimity. the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Guess how many people don't speak English at home in this country? What percentage? No, how many? For the The number. number. We have what, how many people? 300 million people in this country? Oh, more than that. Um, 20%, so. Oh, boy. 60 million. That's pretty close. It's just a, a wild thing. 67 million people don't speak English at home in this country. I wonder what the number was in, say, 1900. Well, that's a good point. I, I'd it like to know the, the proportionally, ratio. Proportionally, it might have been the same. Yeah. Right. The ratio. They were speaking German and Irish and... Swedish, man. Swedish. Polska. And, uh, in 2017, a record 66.6 million U.S. residents, ages five and older, spoke a language other than English at home. That number is more than doubled since 1990 and tripled since 1980. Hmm. As a share of the population, 21.8% of U.S. residents speak a foreign language at home. It was 11% in 1980. Isn't it tradition is that Ma and Pa uh, speak the home country language and the kids are always the one that they learn the English and then they try to teach their parents? That's usually how it goes mm-hmm. traditionally. God help me, I'm going back to the crash 52 bomber. B-52 bomber. No, no, why? no, no, no. Because I'll tell you why. Which one? Uh, Channel 5 Eyewitness News runs these flashbacks of these significant historical events. And on this particular occasion, when they were uh, doing the feature on the bomber that crashed 60 years ago, they interviewed mom in the farmhouse. And honest to God, it sounded like she just got off a boat. Right. <laughs> right. And it, that's 60 years ago. Yeah. But she had a little talking going like this. And, uh, <laughs> and it was, uh, you, you never saw her downtown. And, and uh, I, I can't do accents. Uh, right. I, I wish I could do an impersonation. <laughs> well, you certainly can't do anybody current, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like doing a president from about four presidents ago. <laughs> Somebody told me, know your limitations. <laughs> Who told you that? Tom Kelly. That's what I figured. (laughs) In America's five largest cities, 48% of residents now speak a language other than English at home. In New York City and Houston, it is 49%. Think of that. 50% of the people in New York don't speak English at home. In in L.A., it's 59%. 59%. And it ain't Serbian. In Chicago, it is 36% and Phoenix, 38%. In 2017, there were 85 cities and census-designated places in which a majority of residents spoke a foreign language at home. These include Hialeah, Florida, 95%. What? Laredo, Texas, 92%. East L.A., 90%. Perhaps more surprisingly, it also includes places like Elizabeth, New Jersey, 76%. Skokie, Illinois, 56%. And Germantown, Maryland, and Bridgeport, Connecticut, each 51%. Wow. Now, those are surprising numbers. I understand L.A. Of school-aged children, 5 to 17, who speak a foreign language at home, 85% were born in the U.S. Really? Hmm. Even among adults 18 and older, more than one-third of those who speak a foreign language at home are U.S. born. Of those who speak a foreign language at home, 26 million 
39%, told the Census Bureau that they speak English less than very well. This figure is entirely based on the opinion of the respondent. The Census Bureau does not measure language skills. Any of you fellas speak another language? No, I had to take uh, Latin, and I took French, and uh, have not retained any of it. I speak French, don't you, Matthew? I can can hold my own with my French. I just do pig Latin. That's the only thing I can speak. Johnny, you must know some kraut or something. Yeah, when I grew up, my dad's family, grandma, and all the brothers, that's all they ever spoke. It was really? German. German. Yeah. German. Never, and then they'd talk to us in English. Yeah. But they never spoke. My grandma always told, spoke to her kids in German. They spoke back to her. Well, you're, you're just alerting me as to the significance of this, uh, of this information from the Census Bureau. In your formative years, your elders must have thought it was important for you to hear English. Whereas yeah. today... Uh, we have, we have bowed so often at the altar of diversity, and we're balkanizing ourselves, and you've got foreign language speakers in the country who don't give a rip about speaking English, and mm. they don't care if their kids speak their own language at home. That seems mm. to me the difference at this point's out. Oh. I know when my grandma and grandpa started speaking Swedish, they were telling dirty jokes because there was always <laughs> lecherous laughing right. uh, involved. <laughs> we had an Uncle Jimmy. We don't know what language he spoke. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy was hard to understand. Yeah, I heard, I heard, yeah, he was very hard to understand. My grandpa also claims he knew how to speak Norwegian, and, and I still to this day do not. What's the difference between Swedish and Norwegian, really? It's a few syllables. Right. A, few a couple of accents. Yeah. That's, uh... The only foreign language I understand is Canadian. I, I can listen. I can, I can understand. I've got an uncle that during the holidays we ask what language he speaks, and it's whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. I think Uncle Jimmy uh, spoke mumble. He did. He, was, he, uh, he, he spoke a, mumble. Uh, well, he had a little Mark Dayton thing going on. Was Uncle Jimmy the one more ice cold beer? Was that Uncle Jimmy? That was Jimmy and Paul. Yeah. yeah. Uncle Paul. When yes. they awaken from the nap. <laughs> I can see in my mind's eye uh, uh, Paul, uh, Uncle Paul, uh, actually going with his finger... Is there is there the possibility of one more cold beer? Well, knowing fridge? perfectly well there was, right? Because he had stashed one. That was one of the funniest <laughs> calls ever. When it was, uh... you mean the Paul I know? No, no, my, my uncle Paul. Oh, okay, he's no longer with us. All right, Jimmy and Paul are both gone. Yeah, um, they're all gone now. But that was one of the greatest calls ever. The the heap management. It when, wasn't when, plate when, management. When, when was it Johnny sports who talk. called? Johnny called yeah. in, and then you two basically just reminisced about your your turkey dinners. But the funniest thing is when I don't know. Jimmy had a heater going in the ashtray right next to his meal. (laughs) I've been doing that. I mean, think of how tasty that food is, and you're killing it with that. No, it helps. You know, there's a devil's tower of food there. (laughs) And he gnaws at it for a while. Then he he just leaves back, take a hit off a heater. It's a quick pull. Did he do the, like my family do the corn inside the mashed potatoes and then the gravy? And it built a volcano. That was just to save yeah. space, though. Yes, but then yes. your your brother uh, <laughs> talked about the the uh, the nap. What it coincided well, with? Well, the nap coincided with your avoiding the cleanup. Right. That's Anytime right. cleanup would start, yeah. the boys would nod off. They were, and, uh, uh, they were sleeping with their mouths open. And then somehow some neurological firing took place that awakened them because they sensed somebody was bringing out the pie. Right. Yeah, the last <laughs> pot was going in the yeah. cupboard yeah. and the, the saran wrap was coming off right. the pie. <laughs> Why don't you wrap this up with news for us, Johnny? Okay.
You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Wrap this up, Johnny Height. Guess I have to turn my mic on I think so. I can do that. Huh? I think so. Uh, I know this is a podcast and we shouldn't do breaking news, but there are a couple of breaking stories I do want to at least mention because we'll be talking about them in the future. Well, plus this could be up by this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, the Timberwolves. Well, this is a that was not a, a full endorsement there, <laughs> yeah, was it? It could be. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> Might be. You never know. Yeah. Hey, I try to get it up as quick as I can. That's what yeah. she said. Whoa. Uh-huh. Whoa. Yeah. Yep. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh the Timberwolves, who we always talk about their hard luck. Uh, apparently, uh, Jimmy Butler, according to various reports, wants to be traded. No. Yeah, and he says he's given, uh, apparently they've given a list, his agent and he, to the Timberwolves of one to three teams that he'd be willing to sign no, an extension with. No, he is a with. good player, but my God, is he a pain in the ass. Yeah, but I know how he feels. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to be traded. <laughs> Get much in return, though. Yeah. Bag of used baseball. Right. Oh, wait, we're talking basketball. Yes, yes, Bob Davis, we're talking basketball. Future considerations. Uh, and the other breaking story is a news story, a little more serious. Uh, four people shot and injured during shootings at a software company. I say it's a little more serious. It's in Middleton, Wisconsin, which is a suburb of Madison. Uh, the suspected shooter also critically injured, and it happened at a place called WT, uh, WTS Paradigm. In Middleton, Wisconsin, uh, it happened about uh, by twelve forty. Everything wow. was stable, according to authorities, and that's the only info out. Oh on my that. goodness! So we have that. Hey, speaking of breaking stories, why can't you just do the records, Joe? You don't have to do the forecast, but I kind of like the records. I was so admonished uh, that that I don't bring them in anymore, but I, I I can start doing it. Yeah, just do the daily records. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, have them with me right now. Who who admonished you? Uh, the staff. Oh, all of you did. Well, you can make I, I it. Didn't. You can make it up. Well, we I didn't mean, want a full forecast just to have a local. I never really forecast. believed the uh, records anyway. I mean, you could tell me anything. It doesn't you don't have to have <laughs> six the above ninety eight yeah. and nineteen thirty nine. There you go. There you go. Nineteen thirty nine. Yeah, and forty two and nineteen sixty two. Forty two. Those are completely wow. made. Up. You know what yeah. this is? We're going to beat that record. More proof. Yeah. No, of, we don't even do that of anymore. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Wetterling family are releasing a statement today ahead of the investigative file set to be made public Thursday. They said changes are still needed in light of the release. The files that are being released pertain to the investigation into Jacob Wetterling's abduction. The statement signed by Jerry Patty and the entire Wetterling family read, Tomorrow the investigative file and the search for Jacob will be released. It's difficult for us to relive these dark days. With time, our family is healing and getting stronger. We appreciated all the efforts to make things better for future victims of crime, their families, and for all of us. Our hearts hurt for anyone who's pained or hurt from the release of this file. Clearly, changes are still needed. The statement continued. Hug your children. Tell them how unique and special they are. Say a prayer. Light a candle. Hold hands. Be with friends. And always hope. Okay, I'm confused. Why are they being released? Uh, it's, uh, it was a freedom of information thing. Who wants them released? A bunch of news organizations in the Twin Cities uh, hmm. were part of the... So let's let them the, have uh, their closure Rook, and be Rook, done. you got Patty's number? Because I had it and I don't have it now. Uh, let me look. If she's going to talk to anybody, she'll talk to us, I bet. But that's just all fodder for salacious rating yeah. periods, isn't it? I guess. Well, that's what I, oh, go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Leave them alone. We don't need to know. I was kind of of the same mind, Kenny. If you're the this poor family that's already been through hell and back, seriously, this is just reopening Mm -hmm. another wound, isn't it? My God, just for the sake of ratings. You know what? Then never mind. I won't try to reach you. No, 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 no. no. Yo, because you're right. You're right. 
this would, right. this would be the exact opposite, don't you think, Joe? Well, it, it, uh, if, I, if I could find your number, I'd leave it completely up to her. A new survey from a rehab facility, Archstone Recovery Center, found that when people log on to Amazon... We should have her on and talk about something completely different. Hockey. What do you, what do you yeah. think about Kenny yeah. being off six Nothing days? Nothing at all to do with the case. Yeah. Just chat with her about anything but that. But I think she would only because she's kind of made it her life's mission now right. to prevent this from happening to some other poor family. Right. Yeah. Anyway, John. A uh, new survey says when you go online, uh, say to Amazon, when you've been drinking, mm-hmm. uh, you tend to spend more money. <laughs> the amount. Well, people... that's true of auctions, for God's yeah. sake. Mama needs a well, new pair of shoes. Yeah, I've uh, in flea you, markets. Have you guys in done Albany. this? <laughs> yes, I've I've done this online plenty of times. I've not. The, the next morning, I'll go, huh. I bought that. I already own that album. <laughs> well, I can put yeah, that in my yeah. loose leaf binder. I never uh, shopped. Uh, I know online. you might. <laughs> the amount people spent tended to vary based on their preferred type of alcohol. Gin drinkers tended to splurge the most. Oh, spend, they're going to be broke. Spending uh, an average of more than $82. Even whiskey drinkers, the most frugal group when classified by type of alcohol, wound up spending almost $40. Beer drinkers were the only how, other group to spend less than 40 How did they get these stats? Uh, they uh, did a survey, Kenny. Yeah, because if they're calling me, I'm just going to lie to them. <laughs> yeah, just make something up. Yeah. I bought a ship in a bottle. Yeah. It cost me $990. I'd, I was drinking light beer. I'd love to see and about 40 of them. Sunday morning, Heiko's, damn it, I already bought that guitar 10 years ago. I, yeah, I, I owned that already. <laughs> Uh, Finder.com said the average American buys $447.57 worth of stuff while drinking. What's that website? Online. Uh, Archstone Recovery Center was the first one, and finder.com. Uh, Not find her. Finder. Finder, you brought her. A restaurant in Seawall. You should see my how I online shop, Such. I go through the catalog, and then with a piece of paper and a pen, I write down everything I'm going to order. That's what I do. Oh, my God. What else do I do? And then I look at the online catalog for another five to ten days. And then finally, if there's not a phone number, because I'd rather just call the order in, I'll go ahead and proceed to cart and do all that nonsense. But, yeah, it's it's a traumatic event for me. Wow. Yeah. A restaurant in Seawall, Maine is known for cooking up legendary lobsters, but doesn't want the crustaceans to be in pain. So Charlotte's oh Charlotte's legendary lobster pound says it's getting some lobsters high before killing them. Restaurant's owner, Charlotte Gill, spoke to the Mount Desert Islander about why she chose... Like what, car exhaust? Well, they actually uh, hotbox the lobsters, she says. They put them in a, pl- a plastic bag with some uh, whiteout. She says, I feel bad when the lobsters... Isn't that, isn't that a fart thing? Isn't that no, what you no. do to your wife with the covers? <laughs> well, I no, guess that is, it uh, could be, Kenny. Dutch but... oven. That's the Dutch, oh, oven. The Dutch, Dutch oven. oven. The oh. hot box is, you know, the box, and you blow the marijuana sure smoke is. into it. And... Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Uh, they're placed in a box with about two inches of water, marijuana smoke, blown into the water through Roofer? a hole in the bottom. Uh, marijuana is legal in Maine. Is he on the weed? <laughs> Been smoking reefer. Crustaceans are taken to the reefer. The lobsters apparently are a lot calmer when then uh, uh, put in to cook. Uh, some say because they are thrown into the hot water, uh, they can probably feel pain, and that's why they want to do this. So, wow, that's uh, that's your lobster story. Okay. okay. Uni- University of Michigan professor refused to write a recommendation letter for a student to study abroad in Israel 
claiming it was part of an academic boycott of the country. John, I thought you might have this one, Joe, as part of the failed academy. No, I saw it and I didn't care. You just, yeah. <laughs> you just, there's so many of them. There really is. There's so many of them. John Cheney Lippold, an associate professor in the American Culture Department, rejected student Abigail Ingber's request in an email, a screenshot of which was posted by Club Z, a networking organization for pro-Israeli students. He wrote that he had previously agreed to provide the letter to Ingber, but later realized he had missed out on a key detail. He wrote... As you may know, many university departments have pledged an academic boycott against Israel in support of Palestinians living in Palestine. He wrote this boycott includes writing letters of recommendation for students planning to study there. And Cheney Libold appeared to be referring to the boycott, divestment, sanctions campaign, and international protest movement to isolate Israel until it meets demands by Palestinians. I, uh... We just received uh, some, some breaking uh, pr- production news. Mm-hmm. Uh, about Joe's availability and the Garage Logic availability on uh, on the podcast via Alexa, and this is the promo that we're going to be running for those of you that uh, that want to hear uh, Garage Logic through Alexa. Hey, Roycey, we want to show people how easy it is to find the Garage Logic podcast. Why? Just read this one line. One line? Yes. Alexa, play Garage Logic. Okay. Why? I hear Joe for the last 25 years. Alexa, play Beast of Bird. No! My favorite stone <laughs> song. I'll never be. Oh, my God. Finding the Garage Logic podcast is easy. Where's Rook? Go to garagelogic.com, the Apple Podcast app, wherever you find your podcast, or find Garage Logic on Alexa. That's enough. Hey, tell me about Leonard Skinner. What, what, what are we yes, doing? Yes. Tell this... me about it, but I got to go make a call. All right. We'll see you later then. <laughs> he's, leaving early. He he's leaving us. his own podcast early. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be pretty cool. Uh, the whole crew, all five of us, are going to hang out at the Leonard Skinner uh, concert on Friday, October 5th. And no. you will have the opportunity to come hang out with us. We're going to be doing giveaways all next week, starting Monday the 24th. We'll have more information at that point. But. Uh, Make sure you tune into the Garage Logic what, podcast all week. What about the limo for us from the station? <laughs> we got a limo. The... We're, uh, we'll, we'll work on that part of it, Kenny. We'll uh, we'll I'm, get you I'm there. I'm gonna need a ride. But it's gonna be cool. It's a chance for all of us to hang out in a suite with some diehard Garage Logic listeners. We will have more information uh, starting next week, but. All next week, we're giving away five different pair of tickets to go hang out at the Leonard Skinner. And we're show. going old school, right? We're going to pr- start pre-gaming about six hours. Oh, in the oh heavens, oh, yes, no. absolutely. <laughs> what, what is this? A Friday night? Friday night, October fifth, at the XL F- Energy uh, Center. Have you guys watched that Skinner documentary on Showtime yet? How good is it? Really good. What's it called again, Johnny? Uh, it's called uh, "If I Leave Here Tomorrow." If I Leonard, leave here tomorrow, Leonard Skinner story. Which I'm going to have to check it out. Showtime. So wait, okay, so those guys sing. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Yes, they do. And if I die tomorrow, the one from uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> yep. Okay. When Tuesday's, she's tripping out. Tuesday's gone. Tuesday's gone. Yeah. Tuesday's gone. I don't know. Simple man. You know Tuesday's gone. I do. Yeah. Tuesday's Ballad of Curtis Lowe. Oh, it's a great song. Love Remember, I'm not a hard rocker. These guys are. Well, these guys a, are classic. But the first four albums, Skinner albums, are brilliant. All of them. To give me two steps. Give me three, three steps. Give me three steps. Yep. I know that one. Johnny, have you seen Skinner before? Uh, no, no. Kenny? Never saw him. No. Not even in front of like three people in the main room? No. Okay. Can I, I, I'm ready to go. Okay. <laughs> tell us, tell us again how they can. Uh, you'll have to monitor the social media accounts, both the Garage Logic Facebook page and, of course, at GL Podcast on Twitter. And we will have more direction at that point. But that will start next week, all week. 
your chance to win tickets to come hang out with us at the Leonard Skinner concert Friday, October 5th. All right, and we'll be back tomorrow for another podcast uh, version. And I want to remind you, download it, listen to it, and then please rate it. Go to garagelogic.com, find out more information. And if you're having trouble, ask someone. They'll help you so you can get it each and every day. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Garage Logic out. See you tomorrow.